This is episode 15 of Give Me a Chance, and it is your host speaking, Vittoria. Hi everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Give Me a Chance. I'm really happy that you are going to be here with me today because we're going to experience right now a really powerful story of resilience, hope and strength. Sana is going to share with us how she got the chance to change her life and how she managed to get in control of it after being diagnosed with MS a few years ago. And it's so inspiring to see how she really managed to embrace it all and enjoy every moment of her life, even though she got such an impactful diagnosis. It is now time to give the podium to Sana. Hi, Sana. Good afternoon. Buenas tardes. You're in Spain, right? <laughs> I'm in Spain, exactly. Oh, yeah. You. How is it going over there right now? Uh, the temperatures are amazing, wonderful. Everything is good. Every, the, blue, the, blue, the sky is blue and the sun is shining. And so I am not complaining at all. Sana. Thanks for joining me tonight and I'm really glad that you wanted to talk to me tonight about your story and uh, and about how you got the chance in your life to 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 turn your life around or indeed uh, given the events that happened how you got the strength to get out of difficult situations. Can you tell us something about yourself indeed where do you come from and uh, how was your personal background before you came to the big moment of your life change? More than 16 years ago, I moved um, to Mallorca uh, because I wanted to I wanted to learn Spanish, which is a very normal thing. If you go to Spain, at least you have to have a goal, right? So my goal was uh, to learn Spanish and just to come to come to the island. It was finally Mallorca uh, to come for just one year. Well, that that one year uh, became almost I think it's like 16 or 17 years now. My parents told me you're gonna come back, right? And I was like, I'm gonna come back. I'm just gonna learn Spanish in one year. I come back and I go back to my job and I told them there as well, I'm gonna come back, don't worry. Well, I'm still here. <laughs> I am still Dutch Arabian. I was born in Holland. I have uh, Arab parents and uh, I was born in Gouda, which is a very small uh, city, beautiful, cheese town. Mm-hmm. And I always say Gouda has my heart, but Mallorca took my soul. So I fell in love with the island, I fell in love with the culture, I fell in love with actually everything and I fell in love with the man as well. So yeah, it went, everything went very fast. What, what have you been doing in Spain? So I did um, some choreography and on management station as well in a very big chain in, in Spain, in Mallorca responsible for a lot of people and uh, I loved it. But after that I was like, okay, um, what I'm gonna do? start up my own business uh, intermediate like uh, for students a student agency, oh. agency and I got married and we bought a new house everything was like woo, roller coaster but you were not really afraid of the changes right absolutely not absolutely not I mean I discovered a lot of things about myself and uh, I spoke uh, Spanish within one year and I had the whole world um, you know like I don't know how you can say that in my hands Yeah. And I could control everything and I was uh, having meetings on high level and my business went from a small plan into a big project and then I had tons of students and I was really, really, there was no time to think about bad things and or, or, or about failures. So yeah. it went really fast. At the same time, I was doing hosting as well, presenting for Arabian fashion uh, wow. world as well in, in Belgium and in Holland. And so there was no time to rest. 
a lot of things went well and a lot of things went wrong as well, but I think I didn't have time to think about the wrong part. My private life uh, was especially the last few years a big mess, but it's like you just close yourself for it and you just go. So the roller coaster became just on business, um, on business field and on private field, very tough and rough. Um, what happened then? Yeah. What happened then? Exactly. Then the man with the hammer came, and it was a, a huge hammer. Um, um, there was a plan to get divorced. It went really, really, really bad. So it was already there, and. Um, the business I had to give up because of the law changing in Spain. So I got a job offer as a marketing director in a very luxury hotel. And what I found out as well, I went in the roller coaster again. But it was because the things were not going good home. So focus on the job again, 24 hours. And if I say 24 hours, it was 24 hours. Oh, really? uh, so lack of sleep no food for myself no time for myself no love for myself no time for myself no time for my ex-husband either so in 2016 um some symptoms on my body they were warning me like somehow you really have to keep it down you know i mean you're i was believing in myself that i was like superwoman <laughs> I think, you know, you just go and everything goes and everybody knows your name and, oh, and, and you know, oh, you're Sana from, you know, my ex-company. And uh, yes, I am. And, and everything went well. Everything, that's what I thought. And then still, um, I was not aware of that it was really going bad with me. I was ignoring all the signals, all the symptoms. And then I started to worry a little bit, just mm. a bit. So I was like, you know, after work, after work, after 12 o'clock in the night, I'm just going to go to the emergency uh, hospital or the department emergency and then just have a look, check, check out. But still very cool. Just very, everything was like under control. So I went to the first check and she was like, oh my God, but you make a lot of hours. And yeah. why don't you do, do those signals? Because if you continue like that, it can be really, really bad. It was 2016 in January and in February when the divorce papers were like there and the really stress came and from both sides and he was following me a lot and it was really, I was scared. My colleagues, they, they found out, they were like, she's not okay. So we're gonna, you know, press the button and tell her like what is going on. I mean, she's not okay. They could see that, and I was just ignoring everything. You okay? Because you're walking like a drunk woman, and I don't drink alcohol. I never did. Well, went for the second time for a checkup. The symptoms yeah. started already in January, February, and in May I was there. And um, yeah, there was a tough time, but a beautiful time as so well. I learned a lot. <laughs> and on the 30th of May, which is the International MSA. They came with the diagnosis that I have multiple sclerosis. And it made, like, it was a relief. It's weird, but it's true. Because then everything comes together and like, oh, shit. So everything what I had, you know, it made sense. So I said to the doctor when, when she came and she told me, Sena, you have, everything is in Spanish, by the way. So in Spanish, it's sclerosis multiple. And I was like, the what? <laughs> I said, como? And I said, a ver, in English is MS, right? And she was like, ah, sí, 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 MS. And I was like, ah, okay. And then I was like, what is MS? You need. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, but I said, thank you very much. That was my first thing I said. 
And she was like, pero estás bien, are you okay? I said, yes, I'm okay, because it's not a tumor, because they thought first that it was a brain tumor. And I said, muchas gracias. And then I said, okay, and now. What did you do? It's a, yeah, it's a major uh, diagnosis and, and very impactful on uh, the quality of life, probably, that you're going to have in the years afterwards. Yes and no. Yes and no. Uh, like I told you as well, Victoria, when I heard those two words, multiple sclerosis, I, I think I started to be feeling that I was blessed, first of all, because that made me calm down. But indeed, that gave you the possibility to, to realize indeed what you were going through and maybe that you should have taken a step back. Because how, how did the months after your diagnosis uh, look like? Um, well, I was still in hospital because, of course, then when they uh, made the diagnosis, um, they started because I couldn't walk. My vision on the right uh, part, uh, right, right, right part, uh, was not was very blurry, and I was paralyzed on the right side as well. So it was like, okay, we have to see what we can do. Which treatment is gonna fit you? Yeah, Victoria, they tried everything. Seriously, everything. And they were like, you're a special case. And I said, I am special, I know. And I always tried, you know, with humor a little bit because I cried my eyes out the first day. When they, when I received the information, yeah. my my doctor told me, okay, Sana, I'm going to give you this information now. This is already tough and rough for you. Is it okay I send you a psych, um, a psycholog, uh, how do you call them? Uh, a psycholog, probably. Then I will send her tomorrow and then she will calm down. She will explain your disease as well. And then we will see. So today I'm going to leave you, sleep well, and try not to Google. Well, no. <laughs> don't tell okay. me that. It's like I'm a baby. So she left and of course I started to Google and I, oh my God, Googling for hours because I didn't know what MS was. And I searched it in Spanish, I searched it in Dutch and I searched it in English, videos on YouTube. And I was like, oh my God. And I cried so much that I said, that's the only day I'm going to cry. That's it. I'm going to do two things you can do. Or you cry the rest of your life and you feel pity for yourself, you feel pity for the world, you want that the world feels pity for you. Or you can move on. There is this beautiful expression which I love, Martin Luther King. He said, if you cannot fly, you run. And if you cannot run, you walk. And if you cannot walk, you crawl. It's it's really true and you, you should never give up. And it's... No, keep on going. And this is not... I don't feel bad with MS. I'm okay. It's just... It's tears of happiness because... It made me see the world different, so it's tears of happiness, don't worry. A lot of people don't understand, but I'm seriously blessed since I found out that I have MS, because the word MS, I'm like, oh my god, it, they make it bigger, but as long as you accept it, it's fine. And if you feel bad, it's fine too. It's okay to be not okay. Look at me, I couldn't do, I couldn't walk, talking, mm. The memory I still have, it's bad, but whatever, you know. And I'm back to my job. I do more than before, but on a different level. And the fact that you could really make it and, and on your own, it's, it's so impressive and I'm totally blown away. You, you it refused to, to be crushed by the diagnosis and went through. 
how yeah. how how did you do it where did you find the strength well i think it's a religious thing as well um um they gave me a lot of power a lot of family around me my friends okay. i mean especially my family <clears throat> of blood is far away but i my my friends on this island became my family so i have a lot a lot of beautiful people around me and of course a lot of people left as well which is fine a few friends which is a handful is fine yeah if you they know. are the right ones indeed you don't yeah. need any more people around you and indeed how uh, on, on a very positive note because that is exactly what you did how did you manage to change your mindset and indeed despite uh, this was a major event in your life how did you give yourself the opportunity to not be crushed by the situation what did you do i don't know Victoria. it just happened like i told you when i was in a hospital and i got this two horrible words uh, words um i cried a lot and then i said afterwards no way i'm not gonna be like this i want to dance i want to go out uh, dance outside and dancing is not It's not literally only. It's just like seeing the colors, seeing the palm trees, uh, walking with my friends. I had so many desires because if you are three and a half months in a hospital in a bed, looking, I had a beautiful window, and I only saw the blue sky on the left. You know, and and you just like I want to, I want. It's like when I cannot compare it with a horrible disease. You know that you that, that the doctor tells you you have just one year to live. It's horrible, but that's what I do to myself. Like, if tomorrow I cannot walk anymore, then still you crawl. And if you cannot crawl, you have to keep on moving. I mean, I see people without arms, without legs, still being positive. So who am I to not be positive? Yeah. And I think humor is very important as well. You know, making a joke and... How did you, where, what were the things that you were looking at differently after your diagnosis? Well, I have to say that um, before my diagnosis, I had material-wise everything, everything. So that's a big, huge change I made to really start from zero, mm -hmm. zero, and to see how pressure life is. So I made time for myself which I didn't do before. I made time for my real friends. I made time to call my parents. I sometimes did forget to call my parents. I enjoy those conversations now. Being aware of time is, is a gift. It's beautiful, it's gorgeous. Being aware of that you're alive, that you can walk. And yeah, business, yeah, I don't, oh, I didn't finish today. Oh, I normally stress about those things and I don't do anymore. So I don't take work to my home. You know, when I'm home, I'm home. So I changed. It's me first, my life first, and then the job. And Sana, indeed, these are fantastic words and, and the strength you've shown is so inspiring. What are your plans for, for the future? That's the thing as well. I used to dream a lot and I used to make plans. That's a Dutch part I think I have, you know, plans. <laughs> We have to plan the whole week. Yeah. We know everything. I don't, I don't do that anymore. If I'm dreaming, yes, I do. I would love to work for television. That's always, always been my dream. And I do hosting now for 
13 years almost for the fashion uh, the fashion world, the Arab world, which I love. And I was in contact with Morocco to work for the television. But those plans fell a bit down because of my illness. But I'm going to pick that up. But when? We will see. Everything is written in Victoria. So if it comes, it comes. And if it doesn't come, it's not meant to be for me then. Sana, thanks so much for sharing your story. It's been fantastic, and I'm, I'm, I'm so proud of what you do. Actually, it's uh, you're an inspiration you so to everybody. Thank you. Yes, I'm thankful and grateful too, Victoria, for uh, letting me having time in your episode, and you are an amazing person too. Thank you. This was Sana's story. Sana moved to Spain a few years ago and there she lived in a rush and became a full-fledged businesswoman. But unfortunately, a multiple sclerosis diagnosis came her way and that slowed her pace down. Impressively, Sana decided that that would not depress her life and therefore she gave to life and self-love a totally new meaning and that is how she now lives her life and she enjoys that day by day despite her illness. This was the end of this episode. Have you ever had the chance to change your life or do you know anybody who has? Please get in touch with us and leave a comment here below. And if you've enjoyed this episode, do not forget to like and subscribe to this channel and see you next time. Give me a chance on your screen and in your ears.